1: If you enjoy the podcast, please consider giving it five stars and writing a review. Reviews help spread the podcast to more listeners. If you want more creepy content, follow me on Instagram and TikTok at The Warning Woods. I'm Miles Thomas Tritle, and this story is called Vultures. Does this really seem like a good idea? Tony asked. Just keep your head down and shut up. Joy responded in a harsh whisper. Tony was always doing this. He was always so eager to tag along and always froze at the moment of truth. A figure popped up out of the ditch on the other side of the gravel road. Look, it's Darren, Joy said, pointing at the boy motioning for them to cross. She and Tony hustled across the road while trying not to trip in the dark. There were no such luxuries as street lamps so far out in the country. The three high school seniors were now huddled in the same ditch. Smiling, Darren put one arm around each of the others and drew them in. "'I think I found a good spot to go in. You got the compass, Tony?' Tony reached a shaking hand into his jacket pocket and produced an old magnetic compass with a scratched plastic face. Darren's eyes widened as he shook his head in disapproval. "'That's all you got?' "'What, man? It's a compass.' Darren grabbed the compass out of his friend's hand and held it up to Tony's face. "'Which way is north, genius?' Tony followed the red arrow of the compass and pointed at the cornfield behind Darren. Darren laughed and shook his head again. This road runs north-south, dude. Your compass is garbage. Hey, Joy interrupted as she tossed her phone to Darren. We've all got perfectly good compasses in our pockets anyway. Tony breathed a sigh of relief, but Joy wondered if he was actually disappointed. Had the old toy compass been a ploy to derail the night's fun? She wondered again why on earth Tony had wanted to come at all. Alright, Darren paused to clear his throat. The barn is only a couple hundred yards in, but this corn is super dense. It's going to be hard to see or hear each other if we get separated, so make sure you keep up. As he said, make sure you keep up. He was staring directly at Tony. There's no way the old man who owns this field is going to be up watching it this late, but you never know what these guys are using for security these days. I wasn't able to scope it out on my own, so keep your eyes out for trail cams and motion sensors and stuff. Weren't able to, or were too afraid to, Joy teased. Darren smirked. You got me. I mean, you've seen the barn from the road. Even in the daylight, it looks creepy as hell. The trio had ridden past the dilapidated barn every weekday for the past four years as the bus took them to school. It was half-collapsed and oddly twisted, as if a giant had strolled by and cranked the roof like the big horizontal steering wheel on the bus. All the windows were busted out and the whole structure was riddled with holes. The building itself looked spooky, but it wasn't just the tumble-down structure that gave it its reputation. That came, in large part, from the vultures circling above it. Every day when the kids rode to school and again when they came home, at least a dozen bald-headed scavengers flew above it. They appeared to be waiting for something below. Something in the barn, or around it. They were waiting for something to die. Of course, as small town high schoolers do, the kids on the bus started to tell stories about the barn. In one, it was where a serial killer hid their victims. Every night, he or she would drag a fresh body through the corn and dump it in the barn. The vultures overhead would swoop down and devour the corpse, leaving only the bones behind. This story became less popular when one bus rider, probably Tony, asked, Well, if this murderer is killing someone every day, how come nobody ever goes missing? Another yarn was spun about a powerful dark force that attracted animals to the barn and killed them. It was surmised that the skeletons of hundreds of creatures filled the inside of the collapsing building. They speculated that the old farmer who owned the field and barn had never torn it down because the spirits of all those animals haunted the grounds and wouldn't let him near it. At some point in their sophomore year, Darren, Joy, and Tony had made a pact to explore the old barn before they graduated. Joy and Darren had made plenty of other escapades into abandoned trailer homes, foreclosed houses, and the like. The victimless crime of trespassing was enough to spike their adrenaline without really putting themselves in harm's way. Tony had overheard them making plans one day in study hall, and bringing him along was the only way to shut him up. He had tagged along on their adventures ever since, even though he seemed far less enthusiastic about the activities. With graduation on the horizon, and college just beyond it, the three decided it was finally time to explore the secrets hidden in the old barn. The original plan was to go right after school while the sun was still shining. But Darren had heard stories about the barn's owner. He was supposed to be a crotchety old guy with no tolerance for teenage hooligans. Although no one they talked to had actually seen him in years, the fear instilled by his reputation was enough to keep most people off his property. The trespassers will be shot on sight signs that were posted every handful of yards around the field held off the rest. Since no one wanted to get shot, the plan was adjusted and they agreed to meet up after dark instead. And so the trio found themselves at the edge of the cornfield with only a half-moon lighting their way. Everybody ready? Darren asked. Yep, whispered Joy. Tony responded with a hesitant, um, but was cut off by Darren. Let's go. Stay close. Joy enjoyed one more second of the cool night's chill before plunging into the damp corn behind Darren. She heard Tony follow her, The teenage train moved as fast as it dared while trying to stay together and keep quiet. The leaves rustled like a billion paper bags being shuffled through by the giant who had twisted the barn. Darren stopped moving abruptly and Joy nearly collided with him. Did you hear that? He asked. I didn't hear anything, whispered Joy. Huh. It sounded like a person. Like a man. Should we go back? Tony asked with a glimmer of hope in his voice. Darren shook his head. A gesture meant both to answer Tony's question and convey his disappointment in the boy. Forget it. Let's keep going. Again, they pushed through the wet plants while almost losing shoes to the sucking mud. A thought occurred to Joy regarding how she would explain her muddy shoes and pant legs to her mother in the morning. Who knows? If the trip to the barn was a success, maybe she'd just tell her mom the truth. She was nearly an adult after all. Joy did bump into Darren the second time he stopped in front of her. He must have sensed she was about to give him a piece of her mind because he spun around and clamped a hand over her mouth. He silenced Tony with a glare. Just listen, he whispered so quietly, his voice blended with the leaves. The group stayed frozen like that for nearly a minute. Joy's surprise was quickly turning to anger as Darren kept his sweaty hand on her face. She grabbed his wrist just as they all heard what he had stopped them for. In here, in here, a disembodied voice called from somewhere ahead. Darren scanned the other's faces to make sure they had heard it too. The voice sounded like a man's, but there was something robotic about the way it had said the phrase. It was more like a recording on loop than a person repeating themselves. It sounded both human and wholly unnatural. Tony was quivering. Darren didn't like the way the other boy was starting to shy away from the group. He was worried Tony might break away and make a run for the edge of the field. While he wouldn't mind getting rid of him, Darren was also worried his fearful friend would get himself lost. That would get them all in trouble. He released Joy and put his hands on Tony's shoulders instead. "'Listen, man. Whoever's out there, there's only one of them and three of us. Got it?' Tony nodded frantically, but didn't look convinced. "'Maybe he needs help,' Joy uttered as more of a question than a statement. "'Yeah, what if somebody's hurt out there?' Darren asked Tony, trying to hide his sly smile." You wouldn't want to leave someone out here all alone, would you, Tony?" Tony shook his head. "'In here, in here,' the voice repeated once more. Darren nodded towards the sound and started creeping through the corn again. After what felt like an hour, but was likely only a couple minutes of pressing forward, Joyce saw the roof of the barn peeking over the tassels in front of them. They were close. She looked back down, just in time to see a barbed wire at knee height and right in front of Darren. She grabbed him and yanked him back, which caused all three of them to collapse in a pile. Tony let out a pitiful squeal. Joy pointed out the wire, and Darren acknowledged it. The old man really didn't want people checking out the barn, he thought. The barbs definitely would have torn up his legs if Joy hadn't stopped him. They picked themselves up and carefully stepped over the wire. The corn started to thin, and they could see the barn up ahead. The moment they had waited almost three years for was nearly at hand. Darren shivered with excitement. He forgot all about the strange voice and even smiled as they approached. The exhilaration was stolen from him by Joy's scream. She was standing right next to him and pointing. He followed her finger to one of the barn's upper windows. A pale face disappeared from the opening as soon as he laid eyes on it. In the brief moment it had been visible, Darren was pretty sure it belonged to an old man. Okay, let's just turn- Darren was interrupted by a cry from Joy. Where's Tony? The two looked around, but Tony was nowhere to be seen. Darren swore and whispered Tony's name. Joy opened her phone with trembling hands. She whispered, Call Tony, and held the phone to her ear. Darren faintly heard the phone dialing as they waited in paralyzing fear. Tony's phone rang. They could hear it, but not from the field behind them. The ringtone was coming from inside the barn. No. Tony? Joy called out as the phone continued to ring. The call went to voicemail. Hey, it's Tony. I can't answer my... She hung up. One of the big double doors swung open on the front of the barn. It beckoned them. Nay, dared them to come inside. In here, in here. The eerie message came again from inside the barn. It had the same inhuman quality as before. Only this time, it didn't belong to a disembodied man. It sounded like their friend. "'Damn it, Tony,' Darren muttered as he walked towards the barn. He wondered if he had misread his friend. Maybe he had underestimated him. Did Tony have it in him to pull off a prank like this? Was he trying to get revenge for all the times Darren and Joy had dragged him along on their capers? Darren paused just outside the door. Joy remained a few feet behind him. She copied Darren as he switched on his phone's flashlight and cautiously approached. Together, they entered the dark building. The air inside was stagnant and rotten. It smelled like weak old roadkill mixed with feces. Darren resisted the urge to gag as he flashed his light throughout the interior. Tony? Joy whispered. There was no sign of their friend at first, just rotting wood and broken boards. The whole structure felt like it was on the verge of collapse. Most of the support beams had been split and were just barely holding up the second level where that face had appeared from. At the rear of the barn was a ladder, like the rest of the inside. It was coated in decades' worth of dust and pollen, but on each rung were fresh handprints. Noting the handprints, Darren called up, Damn it, Tony, get down here. We're going to leave you out here alone if you don't come out. Something fell to the floor and made both Darren and Joy jump. It was Tony's phone. The screen was completely shattered by the impact. You broke your phone, idiot, Darren taunted. Up here, up here, Tony's voice chanted from above. You know what, screw it, Darren said to himself. I'm going up. No, don't, cried Joy. Tony, if you're up there, I'm gonna push you down, Darren yelled into the rafters. Up here, up here, that's it. Darren pocketed his phone and started climbing the ladder. Joy hesitated, but she realized she didn't want to be left alone. Nothing felt right inside the barn. She found it hard to describe, but it was like she had entered a dream when they stepped inside. She knew she was awake, it just felt so surreal. She followed Darren up the ladder as soon as he was high enough. The barn's second level looked entirely precarious. The whole thing was tilted at a slight angle and the floor creaked ominously with each step the two teenagers took. There was no sign of tony and really nowhere for him to hide oh joy stifled a scream as her flashlight landed on some of the crossbeams vultures were perched along their lengths there must have been dozens of them their ugly bald heads were tucked into their breasts none of them moved or stirred they must have been there the whole time but why hadn't they reacted when darren and joy had entered the barn are they asleep asked darren They must be, Joy replied as quietly as she could. Where are you, Tony? I swear to God, threatened Darren. Up here, up here. They both looked up at the ceiling. Tony was clinging to the rafters. He smiled down at them with a toothy grin neither of them had seen before. His eyes were freakishly wide and off-putting. He scurried across the rafters like a rat, exiting the light from their phones and vanishing from sight. Joy squeaked, what's wrong with him? Darren had no response. Tony had lost it. He had gone completely insane. Darren wondered if this final escapade had been too much for their feeble friend. ''Come on,'' he said, ''let's just go. If he won't come with, we'll come back for him in the daylight.'' He turned to go back to the ladder, but someone stood in his way. The man's hunched body looked frail. He was completely naked and as pale as the moonlight. Darren recognized the face he and Joy had seen in the window before the old man. He stared at them with the same unholy smile and gaping eyes that Tony had looked down on them with. The man asked in a raspy voice, ''Do you want to feed my birds?'' He rushed at Darren and grabbed him by the collar. Joy tried to pull Darren away and the man slammed her to the ground. The floor groaned beneath her as she landed. Now Darren fell too, struggling with the feral man on top of him. As Joy rolled over to try and stand, she saw the vultures again. Now they were awake. Each one remained perfectly still, but they were watching, waiting. She could hear Darren crying out as the man savagely beat him. He struck and clawed at her friend. She knew she had to help, but the situation left her petrified. She had almost made it to her feet when something heavy fell on top of her. A second attacker had come for her. As a rabid scream came from the assailant's throat, Joy recognized Tony's voice. He began to beat her the way the old man was beating Darren. Help, she screamed, but she didn't know who would hear. It's me, Tony, it's me. Tony did not react in the slightest to Joy's pleading. She caught brief glimpses of his face between strikes. Malice dominated every inch of it. Hatred and glee blended in with an expression of total insanity. Darren managed to slip away from the old man long enough to get to his feet. He started to run blindly towards the ladder. Tony twisted his neck as Darren ran past and leapt after him. With a wild scream, Tony lashed himself onto Darren's back and dragged him to the edge of the floor. Only Darren cried out as the two fell to the floor below. Joy heard a sickly crunch and watched two vultures descend. Thump, shh, thump, shh. The old man's footsteps alerted Joy to his approach. She rolled to her side and saw why he was walking unevenly. Darren had managed to break one of the man's legs. His knee was inverted, and everything below it dragged limply behind him as he came nearer. The man showed no sign to indicate he was bothered by the injury. Tony's maniacal expression had transferred to the old man, and it showed no pain. Joy wanted to stand, to run, but her legs, numb with fear, would not cooperate. Instead, she shuffled along the floor, getting closer and closer to the edge, closer to the place Darren and Tony had toppled from, Closer to the patient vultures who watched her so curiously. The old man continued to approach. His unblinking eyes bore into joy. She felt the edge under one of her hands and knew she had nowhere left to go. She focused on the broken leg. Any chance of escape she had rested on that damaged limb. As soon as he got close enough, she lashed out with a kick. Her foot connected with the man's shin, and as she hoped, he collapsed to the floor. Joy rolled over to her stomach. She screamed when her eyes met Tony's. He was gripping the edge of the floor, staring up at her as he hung there. With that malicious gleam in his eyes, he grabbed her hair. Joy struggled to hold on to anything that would keep her from falling, from being dragged to her death. Her efforts were futile. As Tony weaved his fingers of his other hand through her hair, she felt all of his weight pulling on her neck. Her strength gave out, and Joy fell. She didn't feel the impact, but she tasted the blood in her mouth after. As her vision faded, Joy saw something move above her. Lots of somethings. The vultures. Tony appeared above her one last time. Joy didn't see her friend anymore. She saw only the evil that had taken over him. Through his wicked smile, he said, Time to eat. You can support The Warning Woods by clicking the Anchor Support link in the description, or by becoming a patron at patreon.com thewarningwoods. Of course, the best way to help is by writing a review and following this podcast in Apple Podcasts or subscribing on your favorite podcast app. Thank you for listening.